gets to go when it's slow? This week, we want to talk about staffing issues when you're a little slow on your schedule and somebody's got to go home or wants to go home. This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And a tough topic that you might not recognize as tough at first is how do you decide who gets to go home when it's slow? Well, this week we want to talk about the myriad of mishaps that can occur. But before we get into all of that tangled web, as always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, have you noticed uh, I'm doing these little creative intro things where I'm twisting words and stuff? How's that working out? for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. (laughs) Viewfinders, I'd love to know. It's just too corny, but that's my style. But anyway, my style also is to be fair and equitable to those in my team. And Becky, one of the issues that we see, especially this time of year and maybe in the first part of the year, when things get a little slow or you have that unexpected cancellation, who goes home? Many times we'll say, hey, gosh, everybody's tired, overworked, whatever, maybe we're in overtime, and we want to send people home, or they want to go home. Becky, how do we make those decisions? I think right now we kind of leave it up to our team. We'll leave it up to you guys. If somebody wants to go, you guys figure out who's going to go. And what Um, could possibly go wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely nothing. Yeah, and and I've seen that, um, or... We get into the, and and maybe I'm jumping ahead here, probably am, but like, I've worked in the clinics where like, it's like Friday and it's the beginning of the day. Hey, okay, I'm not gonna lie, I've been this employee. And you're looking at the schedule and you see that the afternoon looks open and you're kind of the first one to drop the like, Hey, if if we're really slow this afternoon and you want to send somebody home, I, I've got a bunch of stuff to do. I'd be happy to get out of here. Right. So we start to get, and, and I think that's the slippery slope, right? Is we start introducing it, then people start looking for it, then it becomes an expectation, and now it is fully out of control. Right. And, and Becky, I love the fact that you brought up sometimes the person that speaks up first is the one that gets it because nobody else then wants to step on their toes, right? Or be that be that employee. Yeah, so right. I think it's it's really important to note that you might have a person who is sort of a serial skipper, right? I mean, and and, and the, the, every time they see a little hole in the schedule, they're like, hey, you know, I'm raising my hand first, kind of insensitive and disregarding everybody else's needs. Well, I'm absolutely. And it's, it, again, I think it's like kind of a slippery slope. I remember doing this right before my husband deployed and just kind of always pulling that as the card or right when he'd get home or he'd be gone for a minute and then he'd be home and I'd be like, oh, you know, like Timmy's home. I'd really love to spend that extra time. Who's going to say no to that, you know? And then we've got the folks in clinic who simply cannot take advantage of that, right? right? Who would love an afternoon off to themselves. And they're like, I would love to leave early, but I can't afford it. I need my hours because no one's getting paid to go home early. Right. And and so I think the first thing, if you're going to allow this to occur, right, somebody going home when things are a little slow, you do need to give some thought from a management standpoint. You need to say, okay, are there some guidelines that we can kind of determine? And again, I'm always going to say, Becky, the first thing I'm going to say is let's get our team together and let's talk about it. Because again, establishing those boundaries can help people from feeling like they're slighted, right? Because again, if that person always speaks loudest first and raises their hand, you know, then if they get 
always to go, then somebody else is going to feel like, wow, I never get to go. So again, establishing some kind of routine. Becky, have you tried to set up any kind of, you know, guidelines in, in your clinics around this? No, it's never been anything I've addressed. And honestly, it's not even anything I've thought of as like an issue until kind of things that we start to think about for the podcast, things we see happening online. I think social media and all of the ability to post anonymously has been like an outlet for a lot of folks to talk about things and, and how it affects them and how they feel about it. And I think it's given me an opportunity to see things sometimes as an issue that I might not have before. Um, and because I have so much flexibility in my life and my schedule now, and I think about like, how would I get everything I had to get done done if I had to get up, go to a clinic and be there from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m.? Like, I don't even know how I would run my life anymore. Yeah, I, I know Gina and Joanne back in the day, we, we did have, this actually became an issue. And and again, I think what most clinics do, Becky, is exactly as you described. Hey, anybody want to volunteer to go home? And that sounds great. And it probably works 90 plus percent of the time. But if it becomes a habit, that's where you're going to run into problems. And that's what happened to us. And and we had a, a younger uh, a technician who had a child. And so, of course, if there was ever a spare minute to get out of there, you know, and rightfully so, right? But sure. that also meant that other people never got that opportunity. And so I remember us having this discussion. And so we kind of landed on the the first step was to, if this was going to happen, if we had that February day where it was just like nobody's coming for whatever reason, and they're few and far between, but they do happen, um, then we did ask for volunteers first. Because again, we, we didn't feel like it was fair for us to say, hey, Becky, you know, go home now. <laughs> you know, because what if you needed the money? What if your child had a birthday or medical expense? I don't know, right? So there might be a reason that you need to make sure you get all 40 hours. So we did ask for volunteers at first, but then we started trying to, you know, say, okay, you did it last time. We did try to keep sort of a, in our head, roster. And I'm not going to say it was perfect because it was far from it. But the good news is these weren't things that happened every week even, but they did happen maybe once a month in some months. And so, you know, Becky, we found that A, asking for volunteers, B, then saying, okay, well, Becky, last time you, you took off, so maybe Amy's turn to this time or something like that. Absolutely. Okay. So I, I want to pick apart a couple things that you said because, and this is a little bit in the weeds. What happens when no one volunteers? Right. Are you as a clinic? Right paying everyone just to do no appointments that afternoon. Yep, 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 100%. And then we t we made sure we used that as an opportunity to do some additional training, which was our first thing, and then deep cleaning, <laughs> you know? So so I can tell you that if you stuck around, we were going to put you to work regardless. So now that is a great thing. Let's unpack that, right? So now I'm an employee and I can't afford to go home. And now I have to go deep clean the lint out of the trap and behind the dryer. Yep, yep, so now maybe. I feel like I've gotten double screwed, to be perfectly honest, right? I can't afford <laughs> to go home. And now this person, not only can they afford to go home, lucky them, they have a two-income household or whatever it is, and they don't have to do the grunt work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, no, again, that would only be that you would only be doing this extra deep cleaning if there wasn't some training that could be you know, con conducted or if we had no work, no patient care, things like that. So again, you know, it would be we're, we're at excess capacity, right? So we have too many people, too many, you know, things to, to do. And so that would be the only time. But uh, but I totally get where you're going with that because it, it could feel that way, right? I mean, you that's know, what like, it oh, feels like to me yeah. when I'm listening to it. And I'm saying so to me, it's I'm I personally am saying Going home early because the schedule is light should not be allowed in general. Yeah. And and I Don't get disagree. that's the unpopular opinion, but unless somebody comes to me as a manager and says, hey, I see we're very light this afternoon, 
I have this thing I would love to do. Would it be okay if I cut out a little bit early? And then it's coming out of PTO or it's whatever they're going without pay. It's a once in a while thing. I think if we're going to change the way the afternoon is structured because there is not enough work, then no one gets to go home. Now, if we're going to stand around and do the same thing we normally do and do our normal checklists and, you know, it's a light afternoon for folks, they may initiate some deep cleaning. They may initiate a project. For example, hey, I'm in charge of the lab equipment. It looks like we're going to be good this after. Of course, the, the second you turn it down, you know your emergency comes in. <laughs> right, so we know that say, no one's actually sh- doing that, right? <laughs> right? But if they're like, hey, okay, I got to audit the 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 OSHA forms. You know, I've got to get all those scanned in and make sure we've got access to them. So maybe they're going to take on a personal project or, hey, I've got a bunch of surgical tools I've been meaning to wrap. I'm going to go ahead and do that. Or we've got some expired stuff. So I would trust that my employees could find a busy project. But if I'm going to make the whole clinic embark on a diversion from our normal routine because we're not slow, absolutely no one's getting to leave and get out of that. Right. And again, you know, this this is squarely in the hands of the managers and the owners. And 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 I'll tell you too, a lot of times we're doing this for two reasons. Number one, because maybe it has been a busy week and suddenly we got a break, right? And so some people may want to go home. And so from a management standpoint, you're going, hey, this is a good thing, a reward. On the other hand, there's a lot of managers are looking at slow revenue and they're going, oh, I need to reduce expenses, right? So if in either of those scenarios, I think you have to be really sensitive to the impacts, right? Number one, if you think it's a reward, as we've already laid out, it may not be a reward. In fact, it might be viewed as, as punishment in some instances. Becky made a really good point. And then if you're trying to, again, cut expenses, that means that you probably aren't managing your hospital expenses adequately, right? Because if suddenly now you're like, oh my gosh, we have to cut some people because we're not making enough money. Again, I'm going to say, let's look at our budgeting and, and how are we really running the practice? You see what I'm saying there, Becky? I mean, I, I, I put this squarely back on management. I mean, this is I say 100%. a problem. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Because the other thing is, too, how many times have you, well, I don't, you're a doctor, you probably don't get to be the one, but I have gone home or someone else has gone home and then the emergency comes in and now we're a person short. And it's like, are you kidding me? Now we've got three appointments that was all we were supposed to be doing this afternoon. But one of our kennel dogs split their leg open. Yeah, so the doc's right. got to put them in surgery and sew things back up. And it's 6 p.m. and in comes the dystocia. Now, not only did I not get to go home early, but I am also here working late. Um, yep. And I think that is part of the problem is that we cannot foresee the future. So I agree with you. If this is something that's happening on a fairly regular basis, you are staffing wrong, you are scheduling wrong, your marketing needs to change so that you're getting people. Something has to change. It is going to cause a culture problem among your yeah. staff members because I promise you there is some kind of whispering going on behind the scenes about the folks that are the ones that always go, how the ones that can't go, even just the animosity of, boy, I wish I could go, but I need every single one of my hours. Now, I agree with you. If it has been a really busy week and we've got folks who have already hit their 40 hours and we're not wanting to go into overtime, it's a little bit different situation. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. I actually wanted to bring that up as well because I think that, you know, if you're talking about we're now at 39 hours, that's a very different scenario than, you know, you're at 30 hours and, and you know, you've got plenty of capacity. So again, even, even that Becky, even that means somehow we're mismanaging, right? We're mishandling it. So uh, again, you know, I'd really like to hear your experiences with this. Becky, the other thing too, is that I know a lot of listeners out there today are going, this is the most ridiculous conversation I've ever heard. We are slammed wall to wall and never, ever do we have any breaks. 
And, and I'm glad it feels that way, and I, and I hope it's true. But what we have watched now for the last 18 months is a consistent downward trend of the United States and the number of patient visits. Now, revenue continues to go up because vets are raising prices, but visits are down. Every metric, every survey, every indicator is showing that. So, Becky, again, even though you may feel a certain way, the data is kind of not supporting that. And again, I hope your own individual clinic is just wall-to-wall nonstop. But the overall trend for a lot of clinics is this downward trend, and I guarantee you your managers and owners know this. Sure. And I mean, if you're wall-to-wall nonstop, that might be a problem, too. That might, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I agree. You probably want to check on your employees that are working wall-to-wall nonstop if that's the case as well. But but yeah. And, and here's the other thing. It doesn't have to be a trend to be a problem. Right. It doesn't Good have point. to happen every day of the week to be an issue with your team. It doesn't have to happen on the regular to cause a situation within your clinic. That's why we are always talking about these things that come. Also, if you think this is the dumbest conversation you've ever heard, then turn off this podcast. You are not <laughs> welcome here. That's mean. Um, but, but you know, like, I just personally think that, like, this is one of those things we can get in front of um, and say, like, oh, you know, I never really thought about this. This would be a good conversation for our team meeting. Hey, it's getting to be summer. I see lighter afternoons coming up because we got people on vacation. How do we handle this? Is the person that goes home early, Do the, is it agreed you're on call? You have to come back. Don't go home and pop a top and, you know, not be. But if there's an emergency, you have to come back to work. Is it maybe, hey, let's take extended lunches. Uh, instead of everybody getting an hour, let's rotate out. We'll have an hour and a half, two hours. You can run that errand you need to run. Um, and we'll just kind of disperse it through the afternoon. Let's get creative. Let's talk with our teams. This is a place we can be in front of, but it doesn't have to be a daily, weekly, even regular pattern to be a problem. Yeah, and I, boy, Becky, you are just just coming up with these great, great points to think about because you're right. Number one, problems don't have to be persistent and daily to be a, a real have impact, right? I mean, in fact, these are the kind of things where you can you can really affect people's relationships. I mean, this can be like that one time when and, you know, somebody feels slighted by another person for whatever yes. reason and, oh boy, it can really destroy morale. Or I mean, even more so, if it is something that only happens once in a while, it's going to stand out to them even more when it's Good the point. same person who takes it all the time and it's going to be less easy for your management to keep track of because it is every once in a while. You're not going to realize it's Becky who steps up every time. You're not going to realize it's Becky who pokes her head in the office in the morning and asks first. Yeah. The other thing too, you know, Becky, recently I was talking with a a vet clinic from a vertical vet member and, you know, I I lose sight. Like I've been doing this a long time and I've been lecturing and writing for a long time, you know, decades now. And um, I kind of forget, I kind of think, well, you know, I I was talking about that 25 years ago. So surely the profession has that one figured out now because I kind of gave you (laughs) the solution, right? Years ago. But uh, I was talking to this vet clinic and nobody in the clinic had been a veterinarian, vet techs, receptionists, nobody had been in the profession for more than a decade. Zero, right? So like the most the most experience was the owner and she had been out of vet school for seven years, right? And then okay. everybody else was like, you know, so, so, you know, you kind of forget that, that sometimes the value of these types of podcasts, Becky, in my opinion, is you're getting to hear things that you may have never encountered, right? I mean, if you've only been out and you now own a clinic in seven years, Becky, I mean, and let's face it, that those were boom years for the U.S. economy. You may never have considered, oh, wow, I could have slow days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You may have never yeah. worked in that environment. So there is value sometimes to hearing these conversations. And and I, for, I lose sight of that, Becky. You know, I lose sight 
right? That there's a lot of clinics out there that probably have some of the things we've talked about in the last six and a half years on the podcast, they've never dealt with. I mean, there's people in the profession right now who have not been in the profession as long as our podcast. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) our podcast is now they could have started as freshmen and be graduated in like listen to us all the way through. Do you know what I mean? But like the well, we, we hit our senior years. We, we hit yes. our senior pet years this year. So. Yeah, we did. So so they're important. It's for the same reason we still go to CE on otitis externa because it's like what's mm. new? There's we're still working on old problems. In people will not change. They will bring in and introduce new problems all the time and similar problems and problems you've already been on top of and problems you've gotten rid of and problems you never even thought about. And you're right. There are folks who could have been in the industry sort of since the boom and not seen the decline. There are folks who are moving around the country who are like, hey, my last clinic was like da-da-da-da-da all the time, and then I'm in this new clinic. We, we Within the same town, there are clinics right. who are experiencing very different schedules, who urgencies, um, and, and, and patient demand, right? We know that. So, and for various reasons. So it, it's always going to be relevant. And these tools, I think, are always relevant because you may go somewhere this is a problem. It might not be a problem where you are today, but you might move somewhere it is. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. So, Becky, I want to revisit something you mentioned earlier, and I, I just want to explore it just a little bit more. And that is a situation that I encountered more frequently than us looking for volunteers, but I had the the staff members who did what you described, and I just want to review it for the viewfinders. So you're looking at the today's schedule, and you really like to go to your kids, whatever, you've got something to do, a doctor's appointment, or just want some time off, and you're looking at the afternoon, and from three on, you got like two appointments, you got more than enough people, you go and ask your manager or your supervisor for the time off. Becky, how I'd like to get two different answers from you. Number one, let's say you're that person. How should you ask? And number two, you're the manager. How do you answer? I think if it, so, so first and foremost, is it a one-off? It's just a thing. They prioritize work. They're on the schedule here. I, okay. This is a little tiny sidebar rant, but what I have learned with my nieces being in elementary school is despite the repetitive nature of annual events, schools don't plan things very far out. <laughs> Like, all all of a sudden, tomorrow is graduation? Did we not know all year these kids were going to graduate? Like, why am I only finding out this week that they have this big expo? I am am appalled because, and again, sidebar nation here, kids are picking on each other for how much their parents are and are not involved. That's what I've learned from my nieces is that, like, you don't have a dad. He never comes to these events. Mean, mean, mean stuff happening. And two... There's enough notice for both parents to get there. So if you are listening today and you own a school, (laughs) I would like you to make that change. (laughs) And I don't know why you're listening to our podcast. Okay. But (laughs) these things can come up because, like I said, what I could tell you today is that, like, I didn't know my niece was going to have this expo. And so I could say, hey, my niece has got this thing this afternoon. I'd really love to go. We look like we're light. Is that okay? To me, that's a one-off. That's reasonable. It's the opportunist we have to keep our eye out for. It's the person who's racing to your office. You haven't even put your keys down yet. And they're like, hey, we're really late this afternoon. I'm wondering if I, if anybody gets to go home early, I want to be the first one, you know? And right. now it's an opportunist. Now it's kind of a beating people to the punch thing, which is yep. completely unfair. And then watch that person. Because what I guarantee you is if they don't get to go home early, they cop an attitude that afternoon. And now you just assume they'd be out of there. 
Good point. Put yeah. put a bullseye on your toxic employee, please. So <laughs> that's my major concern with that one there is if they're racing to you to do it, there's no actual reason and it's a pattern. If it's a good employee who is like, hey, the elementary school just announced this thing and I'd love to go for my kid or my nieces or whatever, family first, let's make that happen regardless how the afternoon looks. Yeah, and I think you answered both questions elegantly uh, and with one, right? Because it really depends on the context, the situation, the history. And, and I think that we started this conversation out, Becky, with saying, gosh, there might be these individuals on your team who always speak first and say, I volunteer first, right? And then yeah. everybody else feels, you know, oh, I, I guess I can't get off this afternoon uh, for fear of, of inadvertently hurting somebody's feelings. And and that's really, I think, the damage to the culture. And and guys, I will tell you, I mean, this, this exact situation happened to our clinic, which led uh, Gina and Joanne to have to kind of create these guidelines. And they weren't perfect at all. And and Becky's shot holes all in them. But the point is, we were trying to, as Becky always says, get in front of it. We were trying to establish some boundaries and regulations and guidelines, whatever terminology you want to use. Uh, and I think it's really important to have that conversation with your team because like Becky said, and, and gosh, I just want to repeat everything you said today, Becky, Thanks. but it's it doesn't have to be all the time to be a major problem, right? That one time can automatically really damage the team morale and harmony. So I think this is one of those areas where it's super easy to think about, to talk about, and maybe just set up a few little guardrails. Yeah, you you bring up a good point because I'm thinking about the situation you just brought up of the person who came into my office and asked if they could leave early because it's light. Someone on the team is going to say, when I asked that, we were, we were too busy for me to go home. Yeah, and yeah. it's the exact same number of appointments we have today. Or yeah, favoritism, a hundred percent. There is yeah. so if it, again, it's something you have to be so meticulously careful about. I understand you think you're putting that post-it note up in your brain, but if the if you, if this is something you allow, and 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 personally, I wouldn't. Um, which is very ironic because I took a lot. Anyone out there listening has ever worked with me is probably like, are you kidding me? She went home so many. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Okay, I've done this. But but because we're talking it through and now I think of things as a manager instead of employee who wanted to go home and hang out with their dogs, you know, I am like, you have to be meticulous about this. And if you are going to take those types of requests it can't be based on what the schedule looks like. It has to be based on the priority of the employee to attend the family need because there will come a time you won't let somebody else do that and they're not going to see the difference. They're going to feel like their event was very important too. So you have to put very strict, not personal, structured boundaries around this and then stick to those because in our small clinics, it feels personal. Wow. Becky, I think you just summed it up brilliantly. Guys, this is one of those topics that we don't talk about a lot, but can be a tough one. And so if you can get in front of it now, then you can avoid a lot of headaches in the future. So we'd like to hear how you decide who gets to go when it gets slow in your clinic. Becky, how can they share with us those experiences and ideas? Well, if you're slow, you can head over to Facebook and Instagram and scroll around and find <laughs> us at Veterinary Viewfinder, or you can shoot us a Email if you're busy and working at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com. That's right, guys. Here is wishing you not slow days, but just the right amount of busyness. Guys, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.